live. This is Corey and this is the other end of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know why my, some of my favorite intros are me just acting like a, I'm surprised that all of a sudden it's happening. Uh, I am surprised because I was pouring <laughs> myself a drink and I realized like I'm counting down and I don't even realize what the countdown is. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to uh, episode 384 of the O the Anthem podcast. Corey is, of course, coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, uh, gentrifying LA one neighborhood at a time. Yes, thank you for thank listening you. on your podcast, your choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. All that time to prepare and to just like completely unprepared whatsoever. So what <laughs> yeah, are you I mean, do? It's the, uh, it's the modus operandi of this podcast, so don't, uh, yeah, don't feel too know. bad about yourself. If only we had a producer who was, you know, somewhere close by and he could produce the show while we just worried about being funny. And anyway, if you're in the L.A. area, let us know. Uh, <laughs> if you want to jump on a Zoom once a week. <laughs> we need to uh, replace the current staff, clearly. Um, uh, anyway, speaking of replacing the current staff, Corey, where were you and how did you celebrate Trump's glorious reinstatement day this week? Oh, man, I... I was within tears my the entire day. I was just like, how did I not see this coming? How did Mike Lindell break through this without like like I pride myself on being such a such a follower of the news and uh, so well read on how things work in politics and government and stuff like that. And and just to be, you know, railroaded, basically not railroaded, like steamrolled, steamrolled by Mike Lindell and his facts. I, how, I, it's just too much we? for me. How are we to know about the Illuminati loophole? We had no idea <laughs> that there was an Illuminati loophole. I mean, to be fair, I didn't imagine China went in and changed all the votes without telling any. I mean, like, clearly, if there was something wrong, somebody was going to have to dig deep and find it. And uh, by the way, if you're not if you're not following with what we're saying, congratulations. You're not on Twitter as much as the two of us are. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that most of the country is just like, uh, wait, was there the Trump was supposed to come back? What? What's happening? <laughs> wait, is this one of those Q thingies? Yes, uh, yes, yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> it is. Uh, wrapped in with Mike Lindell, the my pillow guy, uh, who we we've talked about a lot since the election, and specifically uh, recently, where he said that Trump would be uh, reinaugurated on August thirteenth. I think it was like three weeks ago we talked about this. Yeah, that yeah. Trump would be back on August 13th and that uh, the news that, that would be exposed would be so earth shattering that both uh, Biden and Kamala Harris would have to resign and then Trump would take over the Oval Office, at which point we pointed out that that's how you get President Pelosi. Literally no person on the face of the earth wants that. Can we just not can we not even tempt fate <laughs> with that idea? You know, like Listen, our, our best case scenario is Biden resigns. Kamala takes over, reappoints a new vice president who is confirmed and then resigns. And then, and then we get a new, vice, we president. Get a new vice president. Yeah. Which by the way, uh, basically how Gerald Ford, uh, became president. Cause nobody <laughs> more, voted for him. More or less. Yes. Um, but yes, uh, Mike Lindell had his big moment, uh, where he was going to drop the bombshell information. Uh, he had a cybersecurity conference in the cybersecurity hotbed of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> when uh, I think of security, <laughs> I, I think of Sioux Falls. It's it's literally known as the Fort Knox of the internet in Sioux Falls. Uh, they <laughs> uh, apparently uh, Mike Lindell invited some guy uh, who is like a noted crackpot right wing uh, election like 
election specialist, but he actually is like an election specialist, but he's also a crackpot at the same time. And and that's what so we call like, covering our bases. Like, all right, I, I'm gonna have a couple guys here, but I want this guy who agrees with everything, yeah. I, it, no matter how crazy it is. He's gonna say, you know what, this thing's got some it, validity. Let me tell you why. It feels like if I was going to go a la Jake Paul and have like a celebrity boxing match, and I was gonna challenge somebody, and I was like, yeah, but Rob's got to be the ref. And it's like, no, Rob can't be an impartial referee. <laughs> First we all, all know, know he's gonna rule against me. me. It's gonna. I would rule against you the whole time. <laughs> would it be? It's not like this would be an advantage to me. Rob would find any rule that I break and like <laughs> disqualified round one, not wearing a mouthpiece. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> On your way down to the ring, I'd be like, "What was that? A prance? No, not allowed." Match over. We're did done. You, did you break the seal on your gloves to smoke a cigarette? You're done. <laughs> You're out of here. <laughs> Things that might actually happen in a celebrity boxing match with Corey. The only for uh, some poor soul to hold the cigarette yeah. while he's <laughs> outside. Just get some guy that I'm apologizing to the whole time. Just like I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the guy's got guy's got another cigarette in his other hand. He's like, man, it's not a problem. I, mean, I was out here anyway. <laughs> Just going on it like a fucking baby cow on the teat. <laughs> uh, if anybody has Photoshop skills and can do a picture of Corey suckling at a cigarette like a cow, baby cow at a teat. Uh, I would pay good money for that. Um, just so you know, if anybody's Defi- out there, define good money. I got some time this week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I could do a photo shoot for the whole thing. Uh, no, so uh, there was a cybersecurity conference in Sioux Falls. Uh, the the loaded dice were there in the way of this election specialist, known crackpot election specialist, who apparently live on stage looked at the evidence and said, uh, "Yeah, it's not this. This doesn't prove anything at all. <laughs> it's the it's uh." Uh, I see where you're coming with, with your China illegally changed votes in half a dozen states to make sure that that Trump didn't win the election. Um, but uh, I don't see it in the data. And then quietly, the the event ended uh, an hour later. Than Mike it was Lindell to. Uh, became a Looney Tune and he leaned to one side. His feet started doing that circular motion. And he just sped off the side of the stage. <laughs> it it ended an hour later than they thought it would because, uh, uh, notably, the cybersecurity convention started an hour late because they couldn't get their live stream up. So <laughs> that was another fun part of the whole. Nobody was factoring the 56K connection in Sioux Falls. They were <laughs> trying to figure out how to make it work. My favorite part, though, uh, obviously, is uh, the fun that everyone had with it on August 13th. Uh, there was some guy whose apparently office looks down on the National Mall where the mm-hmm. presidential inaugurations usually happen. Uh, <laughs> he took, took a picture. He's like, wow, it's even less, pe- less people than the last time. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, there was so much good. Like, <laughs> I would have set up a camera and had sponsors. The live stream of President Trump's <laughs> Re- second inauguration <laughs> is brought to you by my pillow <laughs> brought to you by Mountain Dew Code Red. Cause why not? You've already Mountain Dewed. Why not go the whole way? <laughs> you weren't using those brain cells anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, well, so, just so some poor, some poor road scholar who just happens to like Mountain Dew is like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> and I don't want people to get confused. Biden is still president and will be still president. 
at least for a few more weeks until this whole Afghanistan Afghanistan thing shakes out. Because um, yeah, I don't I don't think for whatever reason I don't think this is going to be the end all be all of it. I don't think they're... probably not. Should it be? Maybe. Um, but if you I mean, haven't been paying attention, let's wait and see what happens when the house uh, when the midterms happen and uh, yeah. <laughs> If the Republicans have the House, I'm sure they're going to find some looty tune reason to try and impeach Biden for something. Or we'll have uh, Afghanistan hearings for freaking ever. <laughs> Twelve of them. Uh, but if, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, uh, this is not a news uh, headline from 2002. But uh, the Taliban has retaken Kabul and um, inside the presidential fact, palace. Yeah, they're in the presidential palace. They are in um, the embassy, the American embassy. They are in all of the camps that we set up there. Um, and also, they've basically taken control of the whole country. Not yeah. even just the parts they had before. Because here's an interesting thing if you look into the history. At no point did the Taliban actually control all of Afghanistan. Because there were these <laughs> very strong factions in the north that kept their control to basically the southern half. And it was a big deal in 1996 when they took Kabul. Um, now those factions don't exist anymore because we made them give up their guns because the government was there to protect them. And um, now not, not so, so much. much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the Taliban basically just has rule of the whole country. Um, there are some, of course, warlords who will have control in the north, but like the Taliban essentially is getting all of the American and ANA materials that were left. Like, you know, helicopters and tanks. And now they'll have those to go to war in the North. So <clears throat> not good. No, not, not good. No. And, uh, you know, I just think it's uh, utterly perplexing that uh, we had a podcast last week where we were talking about how uh, prepare this week for the wind down of, of Afghanistan and how uh, this could go wrong. And then literally within the the week between the show being recorded and being uh, us coming back for another one, like the country has already fallen. Like, it's amazing. Yep. We spent eighty eight million dollars training the Afghan army. Uh, I don't know if you saw the same videos I was seeing of like Afghan army members trying to do jumping jacks and being yeah. unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like it wasn't eighty eight million dollars well spent. And uh, uh I, I want to correct you because that's not the correct figure, Corey. You keep rounding uh, to the wrong number. Eighty-eight bill billion with a with a B. Uh, did I say billion million? Yes, you said million. Oh my twice. god, it's I'm so eighty-eight billion with a B. Guys, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I apologize. I uh, I don't know why I uh, confused my millions and billions. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mostly because we uh, we as people who are alive. When uh, September 11th happened, uh, we'll tell you, uh, it, it never seemed like this was, <laughs> we, were sold a, we were sold a vastly different bill of goods in 2001. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the idea originally was uh, uh, the Taliban was responsible for the attack, uh, the terrorist attack against our country, which killed well, 3,000 people. They were housing the people who did. They were protecting the people who yeah, did the I, 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 it's it's the easiest way of saying the terrorists who were yes. <laughs> who were yeah. responsible. Uh, the Taliban was part of the the groupthink that happened that created uh, what would become nine eleven. Uh, of them, chiefly Osama bin Laden was like the number enemy number one for you know twelve years or whatever it was in between September eleventh and death. 
Mm-hmm. And the I idea mean, that's of- what you think, Corey. As Keith <laughs> told us, Osama bin Laden is still alive. So he's hanging out with uh, Elvis and Tupac and a absolute in Cuba, <laughs> sweet in the flamingo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the- Elvis, forty-four years ago, by the way, death. Um, he'd be like a hundred now. Like, <laughs> what are we holding on to him for? Oh, oh, oh! Interesting thing I brought up to Corey, which uh, sapped all of his energy yesterday. If Austin Powers was remade today, Austin Powers would have been frozen in the year 1991, because when that movie first came out in 1999, he had been frozen for 30 years, from 1969 to 1999. And Corey's like, "That's not right." What? Uh, uh. Damn. <laughs> and then it made me realize that Austin Powers would smell like Teen Spirit. <laughs> and I would, oh my God! I'd be, oh, okay, be, I'd be okay with be a that. Grunge guy, oh, <laughs> Mike Myers. Can we please, Mike? I know you listen to the podcast. Can you please remake Austin Powers when he gets refrozen in '91 as a grunge kid and then comes out? And it's not like Free Love. It's just like, man, whatever. I don't even care. Like, it's uh, like fuck the, the system. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Austin Powers we need today. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, but we're so, we result we sold a bill of goods. Like, hey, there's these like 300 terrorist fuck who are hanging out in the mountains of Afghanistan. We're going to be uh, the mighty American military force that you know us to be. We're just going to go over and clear them out. It's going to take like a week and a half. Uh, and as soon as they're all dead, we'll have a big parade. Yep. And then everyone was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and then it uh, turns out that it was a lot harder to get to the terrorists than that. So we had to create liaisons with the people who lived in Afghanistan and uh, surrounding countries, uh, some of which uh, was welcomed and some of which was not. And then it turns out that we have the nation build after this whole thing because we fucking ruined Afghanistan for the people who lived there and made it more unsafe. And, and then you can't just bomb it into the Stone Age. And, yeah, uh, and then this it seemed to be taking a lot longer than it was supposed to. And then uh, here we are, 2021, and not only is the Taliban still here, but they've seemed to get bigger. Like <laughs> we've we've managed to pizzle out so many people in the region that the Taliban has had the opportunity to improve its ranks as opposed to become lesser of a force than it was before. Uh, and so- in the fact that the u.s is essentially giving up and leaving it must feel like they won like you know yeah. like yeah just like the Viet Cong, we're just like yeah we lost a lot of people but america eventually just gave up so like we kind of won this whole thing like you uh, two, know two things of note in so that. much as um, there are winners and losers uh america certainly is the loser of this whole thing and then yes america yeah. like uh two two things of note uh number one is that if you study the history of Afghanistan, what you're going to find is some of the world's greatest empires have invaded it. And uh, in modern times, those include the Soviet Union and the United Kingdom twice. Yeah. In all occasions, the Pashtun people, of whom uh, the Afghanis are one tribe, but the Pashtun people of Afghanistan, simply melt into the hills carry out a guerrilla war for long enough to bleed the enemy until they don't have support for it at home. And then the enemy leaves and they come down out of the hills and then reestablish their society. This has been happening since literally 3000 BC, the first Pashtun people from whom the, uh, all of the Persian languages come 
before there was a Persian language. People were doing this in the hills of Afghanistan. And the U.S., because we are the U.S., came in and was like, listen, I know you got 5,000 years of history on this, but you've never seen American military might. So let's go do this. Um, And to the point I made last week, which is to all of those uh, right-wing crazies, um, many of whom are my family, who were just like, I ask, what would you do if we got invaded? Oh, you know, we'd uh, fight them on the streets and then melt into the hills and carry out a guerrilla war. So uh, you're familiar with the movie Red Dawn, correct, Corey? Mm-hmm. Both of uh, them. But, uh, <laughs> the remake, yes. <laughs> I'm referring to the original, the 1986-85 version. Um, <laughs> where it was but, Russians, yeah. Yes, where it was Russians <laughs> and it made a lot more sense than like, Asian people of some variety. <laughs> random, random country yeah. we don't want to offend. And uh, it wasn't just Russians. It was the Soviets along with uh, Cubans and Angolans and Chinese. Seems, and, like, weird. Uh, it seems weird that Micronesia is invading us like this, but uh, I guess <laughs> maybe they uh, have anyway, a big so, army and I just don't know. <laughs> uh, Red Dawn, the movie was actually based on a book, which was based on a short story. And do you know the uh, outcome of that story and the book, Red Dawn, Corey? No. It is actually in the prologue, or not the prologue, the antilogue? Whatever, what's the opposite of a prologue? Postscript? Yeah, I mean... It... At, at the end of the movie, there's some... Epilogue? There's like a Epilogue. There we go, epilogue. Um, at the end of the movie, there's some uh, a monument, and there's some text that scrolls on the screen, which you may not remember, but I remember it very well. And it talks about how the rest of the war panned out, and that's how the book closes out, too. It talks about how the rest of the war went, and... What it says is that the Americans folded into the free zone in the middle where the communists just couldn't get. And then eventually, slowly but surely, through a guerrilla war, bled them out until they pushed back towards the uh, coast. And then the communists eventually just left and Americans were left to rebuild society. And then they came back and built this monument in 2032 or whatever to the freedom fighters who started that flame of revolution. And I was thinking to myself this week, even in our fiction, where we are the good guys who got invaded, we recognize that in a country where you are the home team, you can just melt into the melt into the hills and just outlast them. Just stay alive and kill them slowly. This, this is really the, the beacon point of what makes me so goddamn upset about this whole thing. We have 3,000 people die in the original act of terrorism against us. 3,000 people on our shores die. On top of that, what was the total total casualty count in, in Afghanistan over these 20 years? So, so I this mean, it wasn't, an... it, wasn't, it wasn't as like high velocity as Vietnam was, but it was also yeah. not, like, considering it's 20 years of warfare, you know. It, it's 80, it was, I think it's 8,700. But yeah. the difficulty is that, uh, not the difficulty. The comparison is difficult because basically what they've said is the advances in medicine between 75 and 01 meant that 90% of the people who would have died on the battlefield in Vietnam could be saved and could go on to live lives. Yeah, in just, a, 2001. just a life that the United States government doesn't take any kind of care for you or oh, no. just throws you no. out on the street to deal with whatever fucking awful thing happened to you that you survived. Uh, missing in, limbs. In some theater of war. Like th- this is the th- this is really what bothers me. I know too many people who served. I know too many people who who even without injury, even without death, without any kind of like truly horrific number that we track on a chart, are, 
came back philosophically different people yeah. and are not uh, are not the same fun loving person that they were prior to going to Afghanistan. And then there's the people who died. And then there's the people who died in New York and in, you know, Virginia. And uh, it's just that uh, Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, Skanksville, Pennsylvania. Uh, it, it's just like. I think if uh, I think if we uh, if I said I'm I'm back from the future in September twelfth two thousand one, and I say to people uh, Osama bin Laden's the guy who did it. Here's uh, you know fifty other people who are really responsible. Uh, how much money would it, would you be comfortable us spending in the effort of trying to get these people? You know, and I I think realistically. Uh, you could say a billion dollars to people or something like that. Okay. And they'd be Does like, it have a T? Does it start with a T? Because that's what we spent. More yeah. than one of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think anybody would be cool with nearly $3 trillion worth of money being spent on war effort. And so much of it, really, just being pissed away in the uh, arms of uh, Northrop Grumman and Raytheon and other war contractors who would... Yeah spend incredible money on uh, uh, political donations to get 10 times the amount back in, you know, missiles, you know, and this is the beginning of the beginning of the of the place where America becomes not a not a uh, fighter who is willing to declare war on somebody, but rather be able to like, you know, drone a wedding (laughs) to kill one person and 20 innocent people. If not more, uh, and maybe not even get the guy they were going for, the bad guy that they were going for. This is the 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 change in in the sort of American exceptionalism of foreign policy began began to uh, completely come disentangled in this moment. People will say that Vietnam was like that first crack, but Afghanistan and therefore Iraq, you know, and the following there Iraq were the things that just made the limb just break off the tree. Uh, and <laughs> for as much as like people are getting on Biden's case about this, like he he's the one who happened to be holding the bag when <laughs> they decided to call it. You know, like somebody was going to end this shit. Uh, it was going to be somebody. I I argue that Biden could have done things to make this better. Uh, he could have uh gotten out a little bit better, but literally there was no. I I can't foresee something that he could have done in the last couple of months that could have led us to feeling positive about how the war in Afghanistan ended, you know, like, and I disagree with that because this was his plan. It's a plan he put together that the Trump administration continued that he now got to finish. And he has said since 2012, this will not be another Saigon. This will not be another Saigon. And then this week we saw, Chinook helicopters taking off from the embassy to people literally hanging off the edge. Yeah. And then yeah, to the airport where people were hanging onto the plane to try and leave with the air- American aircraft that were taking off. Like, it's Saigon again. We're yeah. right back there. And by the way, faster. Because the fall of Saigon happened months after the withdrawal in uh, Vietnam. Oh, yeah. This happened days after the withdrawal of U.S. troops in Afghanistan. So it could have been handled a lot better. He could have handled it better. There were better ways to do it. The ball falls to him. This is his plan, and he botched it. No, and- I, I, I think, I think in his mind, you know, he's just going to eat this one, and hopefully it blows over, and that's fine. Like somebody was going to have to end this thing. Uh, there were already steps being taken from Trump before to start to 
create such and true trip true Obama world brawl. That? Yeah. Oh, that? I know. Everybody was was slowly egging it on further and further until we got to this point. You know, some fucking idiot in Congress is going to say that we need to investigate Biden for this shit. Uh, if we're going to spend any government money on investigating what the fuck happened with Afghanistan, uh, I want war crimes against W. I want war crimes against Rumsfeld. Drag him well, out of the listen. out of the grave. Bring Colin Rumsfeld Powell and Condoleezza Rice and anybody Rumsfeld else who had dead. their fingers on it. Cheney. Cheney like, is technically dead because he doesn't have a pulse. Bush is the new sweetheart of the art community. He's uh, got the reverse Hitler in him where he's like, I'm going to do war crimes and then do art. <laughs> and then paint. Yeah. Uh, I, I Listen, I, I mean, you say I, if you could if you could travel back in time and get, there was a time traveler back in 2001, because I don't know if you know this infamous senator or congressman, Ron Paul, whose son is in politics. <laughs> yeah. Um, he made a statement on the floor of the House where he said something to the effect of in 20 years, we are going to be out of Afghanistan. If we don't do this right, we're going to be out of Afghanistan and the tele- Taliban is going to be back in power. And lo and behold, 20 years later, we're out of Afghanistan and the Taliban is back in power. So yeah. I don't I mean, know that Ron Paul is a, is a time traveler. I'm just saying it's possible. No, uh, and, and the fact that he may have fucked one of his own <laughs> relatives and ancestors, and that's why Rand Paul is so messed in the head. That's why I'm Rand Paul can't, can't win a fight against his neighbor. Uh, it makes sense, man. I'm just saying. It's there. Let, all listen, right? I, start my own conspiracy. Ron Paul, Ron Paul certainly not without his, uh, without his critics, not without people who will disagree with him. But it is amazing how alarmingly right he was sometimes. Like when he called the ball, when he was calling balls and strikes, there were a few people who, uh, who sort of knew better than Ron Paul. And I honestly traveler, listen, Ron Paul, I get it. You saw Caroline in the city there and you were like, I don't care that she's my mom. I'm just going to get in. And uh, Rand Paul is what happened. I get it. All right. We're all we're all worse off. It's fine. The Republic, there could be an argument made that the Republican Party would be a vastly different place right now if Ron Paul had beat Mitt Romney in the uh, primary. Also, it was close. It was close. Um, (sighs) Maybe he was because he broadcast his own birth. Um, you know, via, uh, well, no, the problem is <laughs> the problem is he put racist shit in a newsletter that he profited off of. That's the, that's the problem. Everybody's canceled. That's, 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 that's Ron Paul's like number one sin. That's the, that's the thing. And people don't like libertarians. I feel like, I, I think like people like to think that they like libertarians, but then as soon as one starts talking, they're just like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> yeah. That's because people want healthcare. <laughs> and by the way, we could have bought a lot of goddamn healthcare for two point seven trillion dollars. Oh god! Spend yeah, I, I was uh, telling Rob. I was watch, reading an article earlier about uh, how this is supposed to be prime money making years for people, millennials of me and his vintage, and uh, it, yeah, yeah. Thank God we spent three trillion dollars on just one war that happened during that lifetime. You know, in the middle of two economic collapses and a global pandemic and all the other shit. I feel like, uh, I feel like I should really just get a, like, uh, Raytheon should just cut me a check. I think part of, part of any kind of investigation should go into, uh, the money that was made by some of these companies. And I feel like just as a class action, I should get like $500,000 from Raytheon or something like that. You know, like keep talking. They're going to cut you a check. They're going to cut you a check for (laughs) 72,000. And it's going to be in the form of an R9 knife missile right through the <laughs> damn window of your apartment. Um, but listen, this why is are you why fucking I'm... with people who make weapons? Bro? <laughs> <laughs> this 
this is why it's I have good made for the business. distinct. I have made the distinct decision not to bring children into this fucked up world because things are only going to get worse from here, folks. And it's not just the politics of it. Uh, the earth itself is saying, fuck these humans. Can we get them off the surface? Because in what can only be described as the most human tragedy story that I've read in a long time, in the era of COVID, in the era of COVID, the worst human tragedy story, a 7.2 earthquake hits Haiti, followed by aftershocks. You were reading off the aftershocks. Six, yeah. five, five, eight, like yeah. incredibly strong aftershocks. And 1,400 people dead, 6,900 people injured at the time that we went live here. Unknown number of people missing. Yeah. And if that wasn't enough, a tropical depression, possible storm, depending on what how strong it is when it gets there, is now passing over the area or will be at 2 a.m. Uh, East Eastern Coast time. time so yeah. one hour from now, um, which will only make the soil soggy, which means the very next tremble that they get, everything that's left will collapse. Yeah. And then, oh, also the 40 to 50 mile an hour winds. And then about a week after that, right behind tropical depression or storm grace is yet another tropical depression that is tracing its way directly over the same area again. So for those of you, I have uh, this, you know, this is for you, Corey, since you are one of these people, you believe in God. What kind of (laughs) fucked up God is looking at this situation and being like, um, Oh, let's see. Uh, we gave him an earthquake. What else can we do? Uh, uh, hurricane. God, I, I think they, they've had enough. Is there anything else we can do to them or to, to help them? And he's like, yep, another hurricane. Give it to him. This is a, how a fucked up 12-year-old plays Sim City or Sim World or whatever. I, it's like, what can I do? Tornado. What's after that? Hurricane. All right. All right let's just kill everybody. I would. I always made the argument that uh, to the people who said uh, God does, uh, you know, God so loved us. Why does he punish us? So uh, to look at Job. Because uh, that's always the the one I go to. Uh, wait a minute. No, I fucked that up, didn't I? No, 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 no. That's correct. That's correct. Job's the one he keeps um, fucking with, right? Yeah, where where he lets the devil fuck with him. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just like he he will believe in me, he will he will stick with me. Oh, good. Do you know? Do <laughs> you know the, Do you know the story of Job though? Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> I, I don't remember it like other people who memorize the Bible do. Uh, well, so it's been go. a while since. So the story of Job is the story of like, my I, love life. Like, I, I believe that uh, he will love me no matter what, even if we put him through, you know, unimagined pain and torture. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Even if I murder his 11 sons and his uncounted daughters and his wives and his livestock and his servants, it is the story of how, again, my love life, how the death of 40 plus people and the loss of millions of dollars is required to prove your love to someone. <laughs> to a deity that is all knowing and omnipresent and I'm, wait, omniscient is all knowing. Omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is this God who so loves us uh, also had the entire Old Testament in which. T- <laughs> to be randomly pissed at us for whatever reason. Uh, it's amazing yeah. how as soon as the the book that focused more on love and caring about people, like <laughs> how different that it's like a God grew up at that moment where he's just like, ah, fucking ten. I had a kid. I'm not going to do it anymore. 
I'm, uh, I'm done fucking with people. <laughs> like one of my pieces of content I'm working on is the fact that I have a book which traces my family back nearly 2000 years. So here is my pitch. When good things happen to you, it's because of me. When bad things happen to you, it's because you don't believe strongly enough in me or because I'm punishing you for something that you did. Yeah. So all you need to do is to read and study this book that is essentially just outlining my family for the last 2,000 years and have a strong belief in me and good things will happen. But if good things don't happen, that's your fault, not yeah. my fault. Um, take it from I'll be taking, <laughs> take it I'll from be taking him. donations at the uh, the house of Rob. Uh, take it from him, acclaimed author L. Rob Hubbard. L. Rob Hubbard, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Hubbard. Uh, but 100%, uh, I realize that I can, in fact, uh, justify my messiah complex by explaining a 2,000 year old book that leads up to my birth. And um, we got I mean, a we got hold on, God, hold on, hold on. We God gotta, is just about about you know like when good things happen, thank me, and when bad things happen, fuck you. Then I can do that. Shit, <laughs> uh, I can ignore you and then take your praise when good things happen. Getting back to the awful, I do that to Corey all the time. <laughs> going back to the awful uh, loss of life and property in Haiti, uh, tragedy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if I ever meet God, I will expect him to be on his knees and begging for my forgiveness. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know what else there is to really say other than the fact that this is awful. Just like any time. Uh, for whatever reason, like, uh, you know, I, I know that uh, the severe weather that we're sort of getting with the, the tropical storms that will be sort of hitting Haiti. Uh, following the earthquake are uh, like, you know, in some way uh, our fault from uh, climate change and stuff like that. But uh, oh, they're really our fault. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the earthquakes have always felt so seemingly random to me, you know, like obviously you have a higher likelihood of being involved in an earthquake if you live near a fault line, uh, which Haiti is. So uh, do, you want me to, do you want me to ruin that with my science? What? You want me to ruin ruin that with my science? Uh, is there, is there not a fault line there? Or? No, there is. There is. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that they were like on sort of like a like Haiti was almost encapsulated around fault lines. Essentially, it is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, global warming is causing the ice sheets to melt, and the ice sheets were oh, so earthquakes are weight. our fault. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that was an intense weight on one part of the, the Atlantic plate. Let's say so as uh, Greenland lost uh, the equivalent of uh, ice that's equal to two inches of water that would cover the entire state of Florida, which I think we all can agree. We wish there was just two inches of water covering the entire state of Florida. But um, when you release that much weight off of one edge of the plate, it causes instability on the other edge. So in many ways, a lot of the activity we're going to see on the Atlantic plate and the Pacific plate for the same reason and the South American and African plates for the same reason uh, only the Antarctic, not the Arctic, uh, are because of humans. Uh, not directly, because we're not causing earthquakes. We do when we like drill and we're doing in things and we're like, doing things in which allows earthquakes to become more prevalent. We it causes them because if the yeah. ice didn't melt, the pressure would stay, and then the earthquake wouldn't happen. Likely, especially these shallow earthquakes, they're from fault slipping because of the weight being lifted off the plate. There we go. So, so it's enjoy. all our fault. Uh, yep. And. Uh, needless to say, 
whenever whenever an earthquake ha- hits, I I feel uh really bad because I feel like there's nothing, you know, at least with a hurricane or something like that, you usually get some warning that it's coming. <laughs> like, you know, everyone batting up a really bad hurricane is coming through or like let's get out of here right now cuz the really bad hurricane's coming through. There's no like, hey, in a day and a half there's going to be an earthquake. I think people should get out. Uh, which usually makes the devastation that much worse because people aren't prepared for, you know, like what would happen if an earthquake hit? Like, what do you do? Like that, that's not something that people are constantly thinking about, which is, uh, and why, why they can be so deadly. I was looking for a smooth transition to our next topic. And then I'm reminded of people standing on the beach with Confederate flags talking about, they will never make me leave my home and then dying because they had, nine days of warning about a hurricane but refused to leave and then were killed by the hurricane that came ashore um and of course this is equivalent to covid where we've had nothing but warnings for a long time and yet people are dying consistently people are dying at high rates um four thousand people had died today yeah Uh, well the last day that was reported which probably isn't today but um so uh, there's a Florida, Florida has now a law on the books that says you cannot enforce a mask mandate in the school. Yeah. And you can also not force people to report that their child has had a positive COVID test so they could send the kid to school, which people have, and infect the entire class, which they did. And now there's an entire school district in Florida that is quarantining and isolating because each of their schools has had an outbreak that possibly infected all the students. So the most Florida thing ever we can enforce a mandate on this school district only because there are no students in the class. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're all at home. Um, and I'm just, I just am blown away. I just keep asking myself, I thought we lived in a society. Yeah. You know, what's her name? The, the, uh, the commentator from New York. Oh yeah. Uh, pretend this is a city. Pretend this is it. Yeah. Pretend this is a society. Pretend that we live together in a place and that we can do something to help each other out. I mean, I think your example uh, in our previous show call is absolutely telling. Going into 2019, I would have said that if there was a person who was dying of thirst on the street and I had an unopened bottle of water, that 50% of people would have stopped without question and given that person the bottle of water. Oh, I had the and number that, way higher, but yeah. Well, well, and then there's an additional percentage above that that would have like thought about it and any look or any request from the person, they would have given them the water. But it's just like, I don't want to get involved if they don't want me to get involved. Oh, you want me involved? Okay, bottle of water, bam. Yeah. So probably 75, 80% of people would have done that. And then there's that 5% of people that have been like, fuck you, get a job. Um when the person's dying of thirst and you have a bottle of water in your hands and we have grossly, grossly misestimated how people would break down. That that's the most, that's the most surprising thing to me, I think. And, and in these, in this COVID age that we've lived in, I just thought there was more people who would be, uh, would be, uh, uh, sympathetic to others in that sort of way. And, uh, I realize that so much of this is really Trump's fault because he fucking put it in people's heads that they could be against this. Like, uh, much like, uh, you know, we're talking about nine 11, uh, on September 12th, America never got, it was the high point of America getting together 
yep. with each other. Because regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or anything, even if you had like a really weird political ideology that wasn't even tracking in <laughs> political circles like Rob somewhere, uh, you uh, you would find yourself uh, just saying to the, the person who lived next to you, like, we all went through this thing. We're all in this together. We're all going to get through it. We're all going to do what we have to do to, to see the sun shining on the other side. Uh, it, this should have been that moment. This should have been everybody everybody getting together. And the fact that it was immediately a adversarial thing from the beginning. I mean, I, I really do believe that if, if, if Trump would have just gone the other way on this and tried to be the leader and tried to be the person who pulled us all together, uh, he probably would have won re-election. Uh, he probably, he probably uh, would be seen as a much better president than he was. Uh, People don't remember how divisive George W. Bush was. Like, he was a compassionate conservative, so he was getting new people into the Republican Party, but that vote, the Florida, it's been, God damn, it's been 20 years. When we talk about the Florida vote, like the hanging chads and yeah. like winning by the Supreme Court, that was George W. Bush. Nine months after his inauguration, 9-11 happens, and everyone's like, rally up. Yeah. Because he was out there saying, you are not a Democrat or Republican. You are not uh, it, what it, your race or your gender. It you took, are an American. Let's go do this. It took so little effort, too. That was the other part. Like, people, like, October, or uh, not October, uh, August of 2001, people were saying, like, you know, George W. Bush is a fucking joke. There was TV shows about how much of a fucking joke he was. Like, there was That Was My Bush and uh, some other cartoon, <laughs> I think. Right? <laughs> I forgot about it. That's but all my Bush. But oh, all of a sudden... Man. All of a sudden, September 11th happened, and it wasn't so funny to make fun of George W. Bush anymore. It was just yeah, like, no. Democrats were saying, don't make fun of fucking Bush, yeah. man. He's our president. We got to get behind we him. Gotta, we got we to gotta do what we can. We got to get behind him. We got to make this work. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 sometimes I just imagine what another what an alternate world would be where, you know, like the vaccine was not a political thing and like 89% of people had it or something like that. And the only people who didn't get the COVID vaccine were, you know, a small percentage of crackpots and people who, for whatever reason, legitimately can't get the vaccine and probably children. Like, those would be the people who don't have it. But there wouldn't be, we would be back to our normal lives pretty much at this point. Yeah. Like, and, and let me draw, let me draw out that world for you because uh, things that we wouldn't have. Delta variant, we would not have. I um, mean, the, the, there's nothing stopping variants from happening around the world yes, where there is because. Again, one of the things we did after 9-11 was built a worldwide coalition of yeah. countries. And if we had that 9-11 response where we were like, America are the leaders. Get in behind us or don't. But we are leading the way. And we said, we are going to get this vaccine. We are going to spread it to everyone. Everyone's going to get it. We're going to give it to everyone. We want to help you get it to your populations. Let's figure out how we can get this done. Don't let... A hundred thousand uh, vials go bad in an airport waiting to go somewhere. Like we have a plan. Let's get it done. If that had happened, then we wouldn't have these little variant factories all over the world. And yeah. even if we did, even if we did hear about like in rural India, this variant's popping up, it wouldn't be in a made. It wouldn't be in New well, Delhi. I mean, if it was getting on a plane and flying somewhere. But I'm saying like there, to some degree, there's parts of the world that we're just not going to get in line per se. Like India, where the Delta picked up 
was you know like largely based off of the the president doing the same the uh, Modi doing the same thing there where he was downplaying that the virus is at all serious and you don't need he to wear a He was doing it for a different reason because they couldn't afford to buy the vaccines to vaccinate everybody. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying, like, you know, even even if Trump leaned hard into the I'm going to be the president who fixed COVID type of thing, then, you know, he, he wouldn't have been... We wouldn't have been at the point where we're completely vaccinating India by this point either. Why not? You know? Why not? No, I'm just saying. It, 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 because just based off a, of what, that, we, that Trump, what kind of stuff that we had available, what kind of production that capability we had. That Trump from 2000 would have said, fuck you, Bill Gates, Fuck your IP. It's not going into patent law. It's going out to the public so that we can get everyone vaccinated. They, they're doing was that. Able to no, no, they're not. Nobody's doing that. The whole administration, the Biden administration, is backing Bill Gates' push to continue IP protection on the vaccines. I, and if a country is shown to abuse the IP protection, they lose access I, to the vaccine. I must have missed something because I'm pretty sure I, I I read some read something different. But I, I'm I'm willing the to. The booster I, shot I, will be sold to America, where it will be given out for free. We will pay for it, just like we did the first two doses. Just like we have millions of doses that went out to the rest of the world. All of these things are paid for, rather than just saying, "Hey." You made a vaccine. Congratulations. Like Jonas Salk, we will remember you forever. Now, give it to us. We're going to manufacture it at high rates everywhere, and we're going to give it away to people for free. India could be on its way to full vaccination. Indonesia could be on its way to full vaccination. China could be on its way to full vaccination. And then I, we don't have these variant factories. I, 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 I'm not saying we wouldn't be better off than we are right now, but I, I don't think we would be completely 100% out of the woods. And I still think that the means by which a variant could happen would still be out there. There would still be don't, there would still be a degree of vaccinated people who are going to get sick with the breakthrough infections. Uh, sure. It won't be as as bad because there will be less unvaccinated people who are like viciously spreading it as opposed to vaccinated people who are less viciously spreading it. But on that topic, do you feel, Corey, do you feel lucky enough to be one of the five thousand? Uh no, I don't. Yes. In this case, this is the worst lottery that you want to win um, because there have been 5,000 people since May 1st who have been fully vaccinated and have still gotten the Delta variant and died. Uh, breakthrough infection that led to death. There have been 69,000 infections of fully vaccinated people that led to hospitalization. Because again, this is not a blanket sterilizing vaccine. This is a protecting vaccine, which hopefully brings down symptoms but may not always work because it doesn't work in everybody. That's how statistics work. Yeah. So the more people that have it, the less spread in the community, the less likely someone's going to get a breakthrough and die. So if we had a better situation, we wouldn't have 5,000 fully vaccinated people who had died and, and 70,000 who had been hospitalized. We would have much lower numbers because the number of vaccinated people would be lower. The spread in the community would be lower. Um, and also, Again, I, I know you are of the mindset that like, oh, it hasn't been that much more people. I firmly disagree. I think that, that that a large measure of very responsible people who have spent the last year or 18 months saying, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to you know, keep my head together, stay inside, have reached the end of their ability to care for anyone other than, than themselves. And they're saying to themselves, if I can travel, if it is allowed, I am going to travel and Everyone's else health be damned. 
I'm not. Uh, I don't I'm, care about kids dying. I don't care about old people dying. I'm going to be fine because I have the vaccine, which isn't true. You could still die. You could still be sick. But I'm going to travel because I feel like I'll be fine. We're right back to last year. We're right back to this time last year where people were saying the same thing. Well, here's here's where I I disagree. Like, I think that uh, there are are certainly, to some degree, there's less people who are as, as super responsible as they were one year ago. There's more people who are saying... You know, oh, now that I'm vaccinated, I'm going to do this thing that I wanted to do. I haven't had a vacation in a year and a half. I'm going to go to a beach somewhere. Like, there's people who are making rationalizations for why they can do the thing that they want to do uh, and feel safe about it. Uh, I'm sure all the people that went to Lollapalooza didn't say to themselves, here's the event I'm going to get sick at. You know, like, they thought that they would be able to protect themselves in some sort of way uh, against whatever would happen there. Uh, By the way surprisingly enough you know we're sort of on the on the outside edge of where uh a lot of people will show uh positivity but there doesn't seem to be like a mass event that has happened at Lollapalooza maybe just by dumb luck and happenstance or we haven't hit the the velocity necessary for that sort of thing to happen but or a bunch of asymptomatic people went back to their homes and never got tested, so we don't know. I, Spread it to somebody else who was asymptomatic, they don't know. Passed it on to somebody who was unvaccinated, they got sick. And there was no connection directly back to Lollapalooza. No, no, no. That, I, that is a flawed, a flawed study. I, no, no, no. talking I, about how there wasn't a super I, spreader. I'm not, I'm, not saying that, I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying, like, so far, right now, based off of what we know, uh, there seem, you know, it seems to be not as awful of a place as one could possibly you know it's not sturgis like it was a year ago when when sturgis was didn't have a vaccine and and yeah right sure it's not but again it is a bunch of selfish people you are all entirely selfish In, in the last week i have been three places my apartment my work my office and the ota la studios yeah which i had to be begged borrowed and pulled to get there so three places in somewhere in my bubble and in my work in my own home see but I do not understand the mentality that is having people go out i'm gonna go to cabo for a fucking week i'm gonna go to hawaii for a week no and how I, fucking selfish are you no and we I, live in a goddamn society i i understand but I'm, I'm saying also the other side of this too is that i think there was there was some things that were happening that we're not leading to cases like people thought they were when we didn't know anything that are perfectly fine to be doing. You know, like uh, I went to, I went to uh shake shack once not too long ago. Right. I ordered, I ordered at the, at the kiosk. Uh, I was sitting at the table wearing my mask outside until the person brought me the food, sat it down in front of me in a tray, walked away. There was literally nobody within my sight. I couldn't have. I couldn't have spit on somebody if I wanted to. There were. There wasn't anyone close enough to me, you know. And I'm outside eating a hamburger without a mask. If you would have asked me in April of last year whether or not I was going to go outside and sit somewhere without a mask, I was going to tell you no, absolutely not, under any circumstance whatsoever would I do that. But I'm making excuses for people. That's no, not no, the no. same. No, but I'm it's saying it's not the same <laughs> as getting on a plane, going to a resort, Clear- not wearing a mask for a week at a pool with a hundred. 50 other people getting Clearly. drunk and doing God knows what. Clearly, but I'm saying that, you know, like there, there's some people, 
some people who feel like they can do things safely. So that, you know, yeah. it, it's not not all cops are bad. There's just some bad apples. And, and I, as long as we don't call them out, that doesn't mean we're bad apples, too. I so. disagree. Uh, moving on to <laughs> LAPD stuff here real quick. Speaking of cops, speaking of fucking cops, uh, <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm obviously a transplant Angelino. Uh, I have not lived here. I did for... not know where that sentence was going to end up, but go ahead. Yeah. I have not, I have not been here, uh, for, you know, decades, like a lot of people who live in this town. Um, you know, I wasn't here during Rodney King, which is obviously like wait, sort wait, of who the do landmark. You know who's been here for decades. I've known some na- native Angelinos. There's, there's, there's a, there's a good, po- uh, swath of them out there. I mean, listen, just because somebody grew up in Whittier doesn't make him a native Angelino, all right? It's, Angelino it's, is Angelino. It's not like anywhere else I've, I know in my – any any other place I've lived, like in New York, you know, which is a huge, like, uh, people come from elsewhere to live in New York kind of place. Uh, still, I feel like 50% of people in New York City were, like, you know, a couple generations of New Yorkers, you know? Like, there was, Wait, there was the a gen- long enough – The gentleman, the gentleman New Yorker, like the three-year-old who's got no friends and <laughs> – what did the show is that from? Damn it. Um, oh, the two female comedians who are super funny. Uh, Broad City? Broad City. It's from Broad City. Watch Broad City. Corey hasn't, clearly. Uh, even though I named the show that you were looking for. just based. You don't know what I'm talking about, though. John Slattery is <laughs> the father of a little New York City gentleman or something like that, whatever it is. Anyway. Um, no, but, it, you know, obviously Angelinos are less than, like, New York or... Baltimore. Baltimore is like a place where you you are born into, and then you just stay. Like, well, because they murder you, so you never get to leave. <laughs> yeah, there's not a there's not a huge outpouring of people like living in Cleveland who are like, oh man, I can't wait to move to Baltimore. Uh, I like the. Did I tell you the John John Waters line? By the way, he was on uh, WTF, and it was no. just like, uh, you live in Baltimore, right? You born there? You live there for a long time? He's just like, oh yeah, I love it. And it's just like. What? Why would you? Uh, what would you say to somebody? Is this like I don't know? I don't know why anyone comes. <laughs> I know why you. Yes, I know why you. Right. I know why you stay if you're there, but I don't get why you would come if you're not. <laughs> like, <laughs> did your like car a, break down? You got stuck here for a week and loved it. What's the What's the story? Uh, anyway, back to this LAPD thing. Um, so there was an anti-vax event that apparently had a permit at uh, City Hall. Um, and this anti-vax event was filled with uh, people who were at January 6th and uh, <laughs> members of the Proud Boys. And uh, nobody, there is no evidence again, that the Proud Boys were there, Corey. Again, if you, uh, if you spend the requisite five minutes on Twitter <laughs> looking at people's live photos and videos of the event... Uh, you will see that uh, uh, there is an alarming amount of people wearing pro boy or proud boy uh, uh, paraphernalia and uh, other things related to it. Uh, I'm willing to, uh, it, uh, much like uh, I, I don't think there's any circumstance in which you could find me wearing a Nazi uniform because I don't even want people to confuse that it might be a joke or something. Like, there's no reason, there's no reason for me to ever be in like a Nazi uniform. Because like I, I I just don't think that even the joke wouldn't be powerful enough to to warrant it, you know? Right. Only in your closet with the door closed. That <laughs> only one if one only if I was Taika YTT <laughs> would I be willing to wear the full regalia. But that is like a very specific scenario, you know. <laughs> I was gonna, also, like... as a white man, that has a much different <laughs> scenario than 
uh, Taika Waititi playing Hitler in a movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's the name of this guy? I can't pronounce it. All right, he's probably fine. He's probably fine. <laughs> he's allowed to be Hitler. <laughs> um, no, but uh, anti-vax event uh, with Proud Boys and other fucking unsavory characters. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously groups like that seem to uh, gravitate a lot of attention to them. But when the LAPD put out a, a bulletin on social media to let people know, uh, avoid the city hall area because uh, somebody just got stabbed. Uh, by the way, the person that got stabbed, the journalist, the person who stabbed him, a proud boy. So uh, if you want to find video of allegedly, it, if you want to find allegedly, a, if you want to find a video of the person getting stabbed in real time, you can find it on Twitter.com. It's pretty easy. Uh, just type <laughs> in LAPD and it'll be one of the many responses to the things that they've said. <laughs> Um. So the one thing that they mentioned in their in their statement to the public was that uh the counter protesters who they identified as Antifa uh were causing a scene. Uh, again, mind you, the journalist that got stabbed was <laughs> stabbed by a proud boy or some proud boy affiliated uh hate group. So uh, I don't know why uh there was a need to point out uh Antifa, which to the best of my knowledge is like. Not really, <laughs> like not a thing. Not a concentrated not organization. Not a thing. Like I'm sure there's people who like identify as Antifa and people who do things under the under the auspices of Antifa. But like, you know, also the the idea that there's like a fucking Antifa local. Like, like you remember the whole like I saw Antifa on a plane. Who was that? Like yeah. flying to Seattle or something? Like, flying from Seattle to. First all of, had their uh, tickets Cor- paid for by uh fucking what's George his face Soros, Soros yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Corey, I would like to hope that you are Antifa. I am Antifa. I mean, in the abstract, where Antifa means anti-fascist, yes, of course. I'm an like, Antifa I cheesy. I am against fascism. That is what that means. Yeah, like right. now, and that covers a wide berth from people who are semi-fascist but embarrassed about it, like Corey, to communists <laughs> like me. No, right? I mean, it's a very wide berth of people. <laughs> It's the same reason Sorry, why libertarian. It's, I'm libertarian. I shouldn't say Nazi adjacent. It's no, libertarian. Was, uh, you know, it's the same reason why the political parties are named after like po- like are you are you Demo- are you Democrat? Like, yeah, of course I believe in democracy. <laughs> like, are you a Republican? Are you a Republican? Well, like, yes, of course I believe in the Republic of the United States <laughs> like, for which it stands. Like, uh, you know, like <laughs> these, these things <laughs> Are you a patriot or do you love America? It's just like, can I only choose one? Like <laughs> like Corey. <laughs> What, when did you start to beat your wife? <laughs> yeah, one of those leading. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, that is a uh, that's a question that a prosecutor might ask, where, to which there is no good answer. Because, um, when did you start to beat your wife? Already has the presumption that you beat your wife in it, and so <laughs> the only answer you have is a stammering like, "But I, but I don't beat my wife." That's not the question I asked you, Corey. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Yet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've never beat there, my wife. There so you, you think you're capable of it. Uh, anywho, uh, perhaps uh, the point here is that perhaps uh, L.A. Uh, might do good by themselves. As seen as I come from a place where a police department uh, completely ruined any kind of reputation it had in the town. Uh, Baltimore went from people being... Uh, generally distrustful of the police organization to there is literally no point unless unless all you're doing is trying to get a police report for an insurance claim 
there is almost no reason you would call the Baltimore Police Department to solve an issue of yours. Huh? Like, wait, Suter? Oh yeah, cop shot him. Cop shot him. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about that is, no matter who you were, you were, you were white, you were black, you were young, you were old, you were Republican, you were Democrat. You'd east walk side, up west side, east side, west side. No matter what, any any kind of difference, uh, you know. People from Dundalk, people from the city, you'd ask them all the same, and you'd be like, so what happened with Sean Suter? And it's like, oh, yeah, fucking cops got him. <laughs> like, it's 100%. Like, there's no, there's not a, a single soul alive except for the person who, uh, like, wrote the report to try and uh, make the Baltimore Police Department not seem responsible, uh, who believes that it, it was anyone other than a cop that killed Sean Suter. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah. my my general uh, rule for LA is uh, right now you're at the you're at that tipping point. Uh, last year you had uh, LAPD like firing rounds and drive-bys at protesters. You've had you've had like a really really bad couple of years here recently. Like you had you had Rodney King happen way back when, and LAPD has never really like risen too high in the trust rating since then. And uh, the actions of the last couple of years have really started to make a decline. And I think if you are interested in keeping the LAPD as like an institution uh, and keeping as many of the people that you have paid as possible, uh, now would be a good opportunity to just take stock of who you got in the ranks. Because uh, it, the, the gravy train won't, won't be running around forever. That's all I'm going to say. Like, it's not. It, Check number it, one. If they were at the Proud Boys rally and they weren't working, yeah. probably not a good person to have in your ranks. Fucking so, Jerry, yeah. put your mask on. I know it's you. Like, <laughs> I don't care about COVID. I can see <laughs> your face. <laughs> There's cameras here, Jerry. You're putting yourself in an awful position. <laughs> I love that we put the Southern accent on him, but like 100%, that's just an Orange County guy. Like, <laughs> in the county. They, do, they talk uh, like that too in Orange County. Oh, fair enough. Uh, all right, so we got a couple of other things. Let's yeah. lightning round these last couple of things that we got. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, well, just one last thing in L.A. I can make this really quick. Uh, there is video of long lines of students going into school to get tested. I uh, saw it. It is a real thing. Video <laughs> not needed. I saw it in real life. So Rob was across the street from the high school loading in, so he saw it. Uh, I think that... Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think this is one of those stupid things that like gets passed around every year, like... Uh, oh my God! There's LA traffic on the day before Thanksgiving with people trying to get out of town. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. No shit. There's traffic on the 405. Like, thanks, thanks for the. Oh, unless that bitch on the fucking on Twitter is just like, no, no, 25 minutes to the airport. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> oh, fucking fly LAX stats. The most worthless. <sighs> Anywho, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, universally, if you ask parents whether or not kids should be back in school, they're going to say yes, no matter what it takes. I want these kids back in school. Fuck uh, these kids. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm just happy that they all stood in line to get a COVID test. Like, that's that's basically my my place. I'd rather them be, being tested all the time. And uh, today was the first day of school. So. I think in in LA County, so uh, for some of the schools, yeah, but uh, that was Gener the line, generally speaking, people. the first day of school. So uh, yep. yeah, uh, 
seems totally normal to me. Uh, I mean, at 11 a.m., there was a line down the block at the high school across the street from my office. My hope, down the block at 11 a.m. My hope is that in the weeks to come, you know, Mondays are A through D and <laughs> Tuesdays are E through G. And like, you know, we're going to break this up a little bit so that we don't have a line of like every single kid that goes to the school like lined up outside. But, uh, you know, first day. Eh, it's not a normal day of school anyway. It doesn't really. <laughs> nobody, I mean, listen, also, nobody looks back uh, positively on the all the things they learned on the first day of school. It's mostly just meeting your teachers and like you know seeing who's in your classes. And you've uh, been in LA five years. What faith do you have that they will bring about some common sense system to get tests on? Oh no, I, I'm just saying like you know obviously hope springs eternal that somebody will will just be like, hey, should we break this up? <laughs> Yet I don't know, another another southern accent. I don't know why. I don't know why it's yet coming another, at me today. Uh, another chalk up on that board of why would anyone bring a child into this world? Anyway, here's sports <laughs> ball. Who is ready with the transition that time, son? <laughs> we'll make this quick. Um, I'm gonna start with the Field of Dreams, though. Did you uh, did you catch any of the Field of Dreams game? I saw the highlights. Uh, that's it. I didn't actually watch the game. So, I would like to say that uh, this is one of the rare wins for Major League Baseball. They usually uh, usually win. Usually, if you if if Major League Baseball is involved in something, it's a fuck up of colossal. Like uh, you know the <laughs> the Astros cheated. Like Major League Baseball got involved, fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> referees were strip searching people on the field that was major league baseball's call fucked it up yep. like it's yep. just a constant long stream of uh almost three stooges like fuck-ups on a constant basis when you're major league baseball but for whatever reason in this one it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to watch them play uh play baseball on a cornfield and uh watching ba- you know home runs like go into the into the corn was awesome and uh kevin costner being involved was a big win i felt and uh the only thing the only like the it was so close the only problem i had (laughs) is uh they should have just played on the fucking actual field like the actual field they filmed the movie on as opposed to the minor league stadium that they essentially built for this occasion because now you know why they couldn't do that Corey. filming starts very shortly they couldn't mess up the good field (laughs) the problem is that uh uh you know, like it, this is not me criticizing unions, but uh, the unions probably have rules saying like how what the specifications of the field have to be. And then Fox for broadcasting it says like we need this many camera wells and uh, Major League Baseball obviously wants to make a little bit of money. So they're going to put more stands up and stuff like that. But really, if there is ever a game where I just wanted to watch a bunch of people like fucking run around like a dirt field in the middle of Iowa in front of like 30 to 40 people. It was this one. Like, that would have been... Including Kevin Costner? Like, how do you beat that? Yeah, just, like, him just, like, standing behind the backstop, like, watching the whole thing, like, pacing, like, oh, it would have been great. Uh, But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) And it ended ended as as well as that game could have ended. Oh, and that's the greatest thing, too. Because, like, like, uh, uh, much like uh, uh, NHL, who fucks up everything on a royal, on a continuous basis as well, uh, they had a really great idea with the Winter Classic a couple years ago. And, like, when you could put a hockey game in Fenway Park or something like that, you're just like, oh, yes, of course, let's do this. Why wouldn't we? Um, And then, obviously, you realize that the size of the ice rink is, like, uh, 
just the size of like the back end of the infield. So like nobody has a really great seat of like what's going on in the hockey rink from any any place in Fenway. I, I think we have the puck. I can't. <laughs> oh no, he's going off the ice. No, nope, he doesn't have it. Your okay, best uh... hope is that you are you are like in the three hundred level, like of the upper deck, like looking down just so you can track the action. Like because if yeah. you're on. If you're on like a field box seat or something like that, like th- there's no chance you have of seeing anything related to that game. Watching bodies, <laughs> dude, that's it. Um, putting that, uh, putting that big poster up on the board. Tyler, number nineteen. We sucked your dick in high school. That's it. <laughs> Here's the question. Uh, uh, there was a lot of fans saying that next year, uh, in the same vein, they should have a Sandlot game. Uh, is there a is there a a baseball movie that you think should inspire? another baseball related uh regular season game in the future. Yes. Uh I think we should look to the movie Major League and uh the Indians, I'm sorry, the uh cha- the Gar- Challenger? Guardians. Guardians. <laughs> Guardians uh get to keep their name if they win the the game. If not, they have to change it again because the Guardians is a dumb name if you don't have the website. <laughs> Which they still don't have, by the way. Just so you know, they don't have that stuff. So. <laughs> Clevelandguardians.com. Uh, um, and then but some... no, I like I like Sandlot, but it doesn't work because the Sandlot is a little league ball. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, 180 to left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you really be crushing home runs in that one. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a home run derby. I don't know. Uh, part of, part of the that. reason why I think the, the Field of Dreams game was so fun was I don't know what the dimensions in the outfield were, but I, if I had to charitably guess it was like 250 feet all the way around, it was like a real bandbox. And yeah, and it, when you don't have when you don't playable. have any like stadium built around it to like compress air from or like keep air from getting to the the field, like I'm sure there were just balls that were getting 180 feet in the air and just like flying, like <laughs> like it just felt that way. And that, that's uh, fun, but also it was playable. It wasn't so small that it was just like everything was going out. Right. So yeah, yeah. They should. You know what they should do is they should uh, uh, create like a virtual experience game and just create the dimensions of an old field like create the polo grounds and like a <laughs> in a lot somewhere and mm. then just create the ar experience of like we're playing in the polo grounds or we're playing at a uh you know any one of the classic old ballparks they, they built they built that stadium in the corn they could build the polo grounds like yeah just fucking cut down some corn and like <laughs> make some ethanol come on let's yeah, let's do it six, 600 feet to right 110 feet to left. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, we had uh, we had to say goodbye to somebody uh, this week in the Orioles. Uh, Chris Davis, crush, had to officially retire this week. Uh, and, of course, he did it because if he didn't do it right now, then he would have to be cut in the offseason uh, because he's taken up a valuable 40-man roster spot. And... Uh yeah, it's bittersweet. I mean, like, listen, I <laughs> there's a I was telling Rob beforehand, there's there's like this this place that I am. Like, I I'm happy whenever whenever anyone gets life changing money. Like if, yeah. uh, on a personal level, if Rob told me, like, hey, oh my god, somebody bought the movement series for me and they paid me $160 million, I'd be like, Jesus Oh my god. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, did they overpay? <laughs> absolutely and first of all you would never hear that news you would just be like hitting me up on facebook and never get a response because i would just drop off the face where the did air. rob no go me again yeah. 
Oh, my nephew would get a college fund fully paid along with a trust and no one would ever see me again. I feel like I feel like I would be the I would have the Homer Hank Scorpio moment where it's just like uh, I know your dream is to own the Dallas Cowboys, but I hope this can get you started in the meantime. <laughs> Love Hank. And then he looks up. He's like, oh, the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't even do. I would. I would buy a small country or an island somewhere and just disappear and um, go feral, a hundred percent feral. Next time you saw me, I would have not showered in years, probably, and just it would be not good, well, uh, but also fantastic. Well, to uh, doing it a different way, uh, Chris Davis uh, did uh, donate a lot of his money to the Baltimore community. Uh, they had a daughter who had a heart condition when she was born and uh it became the davis's uh goal to try and help as many kids as they possibly could who were born with heart conditions and that included a a one-time three million dollar gift to the university of maryland medical center on tops of millions more that were done semi-anonymously and uh (laughs) like Apparently, they used to donate money all the time to University of Maryland, and then they were going to write the $3 million check, and they were just like, come on, we have to tell people about this amazing gift that you gave us. It's like, no, 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 I don't want a thing. Yeah, It's just like, you can't you can't write us a check for $3 million and not, and not expect us to like publicly thank you in some sort of way. <laughs> like, that's not yeah. – like, if you're writing five hundred thousand dollar checks, like, well, we'll, we can keep you out of the news, but like, I, I, you know, we have to tell people about something like that, you know, <laughs> like, uh. So they were they were great uh, ambassadors to to Baltimore, and they truly seem to love living in Baltimore. And uh, that's a shame because uh, these last couple of years were not friendly to Chris Davis, seen as he was statistically one of the worst players in Major League Baseball history. Interesting. Uh, at the same time as he's making more money than he deserved to, which just was this like this cross he was never able to bear. You know, like yeah. I, I I don't think. Uh, if Chris Davis had signed a four-year, you know, seventy million dollar extension instead, uh, I don't think people would would be crucifying him the way he is. I don't mean to keep doing cross and crucify and stuff like that, but well, the the contract became an the Jesusness of him was 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 stuck in my head there. But uh, the contract became an albatross around his neck because you were never going to perform up to that. As soon yeah. as you wanted to perform at all, it's just digging yourself out of a hole you can't get out of. Well, so. even you know, like even when like Alex Rodriguez signed that first contract with the Rangers, the two hundred fifty million over ten years, yeah, and people were just like fucking twenty five million dollars a year. What the fuck? Like they couldn't even comprehend somebody making that much money, and you know he was a MVP candidate all the first three years of that deal, and he hit <laughs> fifty home runs and did everything he was supposed to do, and people were still going like, God, I mean he's great at all, but twenty five million dollars, like how how yeah. the fuck, <laughs> you know? Now you look at it and you're just like, you you realize that like the real value of some of these contracts uh, should be so much higher, <laughs> but but like, you know. It's also like people can't understand how a baseball player can make so much money. And at the same time, it's the Harry Shearer thing where it's just like uh, they make $30 million to do voices for the Simpsons. And they're just like, yes, uh, in one camp, we are severely overpaid. If you consider what we make compared to like teachers and people who like, you know, doctors and people who like really help people, we are underpaid. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at it in terms of how much money the, the studio Simpsons makes, makes yes, yeah, the yeah. Simpsons makes, because. I'm involved and because Dan's involved and because, you know, like you go down the line, 
Uh, yes, this is we are actually underpaid, and that kind of you know, like LeBron James on the Cleveland uh, <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers, their value goes from seven hundred million dollars to one point five billion dollars during the time that he's on there the second time. So yes, uh, you know the Angelos has bought the Orioles for you know three hundred million dollars or something like that. Maybe it was like two hundred cash, something like that. And now if they sold today, it would be a billion and a half probably. So plus Masson, don't forget Masson. So well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it, no matter what way you cut it, you know, Chris Davis with his 160 million seven year deal sounds like it was a a fucking uh, like it was bad for the organization, but uh, they'll manage to survive. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah. And uh, you know, hopefully in the future here with the number two far, uh, ranked farm system uh, after the draft, I, I think uh, the Orioles' future looks bright. Number one pitching prospect and Grayson Rodriguez. Number one hitting prospect and Adley Rushman. A uh, bunch of players in the top one hundred. It is uh, it's good, <laughs> it's good to be an Orioles fan in the in the abstract because eventually we're gonna get all these great players who come up. And uh, in, in reality, it's terrible because I've been promised this before so many times, and yeah. I've always ended up disappointed. Uh, well, because they've. It- to the point, uh, is Buck coming back? Because, you know, he's the guy who, like, loves the farm system and brings up the players. Otherwise, he might sell all this shit uh, off and just go into a rebuilding again. Let's sell off our top prospects to get new top prospects. Uh, Thanks, Angelos. It's like the guy who's afraid to commit, so he just continues. He's like, no, I'll just lose 100 games every year and just get more prospects. <laughs> wait, wait. The guy who's afraid to commit, so he refuses to commit? Is this what we call a pulling a Corey Baker? Is that? Oh, no, uh... how dare you! <laughs> it can't be a Rob Cheek. I got five rings. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I'm like the Yankees over here. <laughs> All right. Well, if uh, you if you want to see where we rank on the farm system listing, you know where you go. Where's that? Oh, the anthem.com. Cordo and the anthem.com. With the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. You can find more on me on the website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at Legends V5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I'm not going to say things out loud anymore because I just don't feel like it. (laughs) I was waiting waiting for it. (laughs) Go ahead, Rob. No, no, no. What do you got coming? What's in the pipe? What's uh, coming down? Uh, uh, (laughs) What's loaded to YouTube that you're never going to make live? Oh, fuck, I do need to make that lot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, I have to do that. But uh, <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> uh, nothing nothing in the works right now. So let's see. All right. Well, uh, using all that uh, time at home very wisely. Um, now, me, with my 80-hour work weeks, I apologize. No, not a lot of new content. However... I am streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Robert and Cheek. You can find me there. I'll be doing a split gate and Call of Duty season five is up now. So we're uh, grinding out the tech nine. We're uh, looking for the cane. We got a lot of stuff going on there. So if you're into Call of Duty, come follow me there. Split gates and new games like Portal, Mitalo. So it's real fun. Uh, and it's, there's no cheaters. So it's a lot more fun to watch. Come watch that. Um, everything else you can find uh, social media at Robert and Cheek. Uh, of course, robertandcheek.com, where you can find links to all the stuff that I've worked on. Uh, and I do have other content, in, like 
edited and ironically up on YouTube, just not public yet. So I will uh, make some of that public too uh, on a good, uh, the problem is I always plan for Monday because I'm like, I want to get it up Monday. So then the podcast goes up Tuesday uh, and then we can have like the week of like promoting all the stuff. And then I miss Monday and then I'm like, well, I don't want to put it up Tuesday because podcast goes up Tuesday. I don't want to put up Wednesday because I don't want to, you know, and then by the time it's like Friday, I'm like, I'll just wait till Monday. Yeah. And I just I, never I, do it. I've uh, I found myself in the same kind of problem. So I just got to like yeah. auto, like auto uh, send these things to like just go up and yeah. Monday at uh, 8 a.m. Have you ever seen, I am working have on... you ever see a YouTube video go up for me on Monday at 8 a.m.? Just be assured. I didn't wake up early to put that video yeah, ain't up. No way. <laughs> that, ain't no way. That was uh, that was Prass Corey thinking ahead. I am uh, I am still working on my uh, my TikTok series about the colors and why everyone's secretly a communist. And I am honestly working on uh, a video about how uh, there's a, a 1500 year old, a 15, a book about 1500 years of my history. So why you should believe in me. And therefore um, I am equal to, uh, to Christianity. Um, Robin, Robinanity. I don't know. Uh, uh, Rob <laughs> Hubbard really fits well. I feel like I'm going to go with L. Rob Hubbard uh, in some <laughs> way, shape or form. Uh, I mean that <laughs> I think, I think it, it gives people a good idea of what they're signing up for, that, at the very least, you know? Well, I mean, I don't want your money. Uh, I just want your, your faith. I want your belief. I want <laughs> to hear throngs of people screaming my name for absolutely free. I care not about the money. I can live You just want a picture life. of you on holding a hand over the globe. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> As I've said, I want statues of me all over the world that children can come and put their little heads under my hand and look up into my cold metal eyes and know someone out there cares about you and then years later when i call upon them to become my revolutionary army yeah. they'll remember baba and they will come when i call <laughs> and then uh we'll get some change and then my uh, heel turn towards super villainy will 100 percent be complete uh that started now thanks to all of you assholes out there being selfish so and the cool. religion <laughs> oh, i'm just coming at it at all facets man i got cults <laughs> i got politics i got everything we're coming at it from all angles uh one of these things is going to work out eventually theoretically but. <laughs> or not anyway <laughs> i think we've done good here today that's a nice commentary that you think we've done good uh, we've done something i don't know if it's good that's the part i believe <laughs> <laughs> as always you're listening to the od at the podcast part of the od Anthem digital network for Corey, this is rob have a great week everybody Please, please be careful out there. Love each other. Don't.